to Three Beers In, a craft podcast with beer news and reviews. Here's your host, Dominic Ribello. I can't believe I'm doing consecutive shows. Isn't this just crazy? I managed to fit this one in. God bless you all. So happy to be here. Here we go. From deep underground in Staten Island's beer bunker slash virtual saloon. Oh, Jesus. No, not you. Siri tried to come in on this one. Welcome to another episode of Three Beers In. It's the craft beer show bringing you the latest beer news and unique craft beer reviews. I'm your host, Dom, and this is episode number 185. And this week we are drinking Borel. Let me not roll the R there. Borel Double Decente from Brasseurs du Nord. Now, I said that like Mayor Bloomberg trying to speak Spanish. And clearly that's incorrect. It is Borel Double Decente? No, no. Just how do you say it in French? Either way, this is from a brewery coming out of Quebec, Canada, or Quebec, Quebec, Canada, which is way up there in the great north, to the north beyond the wall where the wildings skate on ice with sticks and they hit a vulcanized piece of rubber and sometimes each other. So glad to be here this evening. It is a Saturday evening here. <clears throat> it is the 9th of January. And uh, what happened here? What's going on so far? I watched the end of the Buffalo and Indianapolis Colts game. The playoffs is going on. The NFL playoffs. Congratulations to everybody that won in their fantasy footballs. And if your team is in the playoffs this year, and you're, you're smitten about that and happy about that, then congratulations to you. I hope that you are a Bills fan and not an Indianapolis Colts fan because they have moved on for the first time since 1995. And as I lay down, as I lay down here, as I sit down here, hang on, I got to take this Apple Watch off. Look at this flex that I have here. I'm going to take off my expensive watch. I'm sitting down here doing my podcast as the Rams are taking on the Seahawks. And here I am. But it's been a very eventful weekend for me. I had to do some food shopping. I had a whole bunch of stuff. And then my mom's birthday is tomorrow, which, well, we're celebrating it tomorrow. It's it's on Tuesday, I believe. She's a terrible son. Can't even remember my mother's birthday. And I said, I got to find time to do the podcast. So I managed to get down here to do it, to speak to you all. Oh, God. And tomorrow starts... The beginning of the sumo. That's right. The grand tournament uh, tomorrow for the new year. I think it's called the Hatsu tournament, which means like first in Japanese. If you are at all interested in watching the sumo, uh, I think it starts tonight, like for us, right? So I think uh, like it's, uh, wait, hold on. Let me, as a matter of fact, let me ask the Siri here. Hey, what time is it in Tokyo? Seven thirty in the morning in Tokyo tomorrow. So their sumo as we sleep is going to happen, and in the morning I get to watch the recap. If you're at all interested, I might actually just post the link to where I watch the recap. And I think for this basho, as they call it, I will uh, just do a little bit of coverage, like I did the last time. Whether you like it or not, you could always just skip ahead. 
I hope I still continue to have you as a listener. Again, I apologize for the echo that happens to be present in this room. We are still awaiting the boxes and pallets of videos from the Harness Racing Hall of Fame. But there's something I want to touch upon with you guys right here. Something I talked about, I think, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, regarding the COVID-19 vaccine. Oh, my gosh. And how I said I will never accept. I will never submit to a vaccine. Blah, 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 blah. Well, guess what? Your boy got it. That's right. On Friday afternoon, I accepted the a vaccine into my arm. And my arm is fucking killing me. Imagine that actually deters people. You know, I was all for taking the vaccine until he said his arm hurt. What's this? I had a change of heart, I guess. I don't know. You know, I always heard a quote. I always like want to try to stick to my guns, right? You want to be right all the time and you want to you want to be the very best like no one ever was, you know. Uh <laughs> so you have your 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 ideas about things and I and I had my idea about this vaccine. And and then I kind of was thinking about it and I was just like I've never denied a vaccine before and I even prerequisited what I had said by saying that I'm not an anti-vaxxer and all that nonsense. Because, you know, you got to put those disclaimers out there. Excuse me. And I said, why am I not taking this fucking vaccine? And I guess initially it was because they're like, this is brand new technology that's never been used before, and we are pushing it through as an emergency. You ready? And I was like, okay. And then, like, you know, before they even administer the vaccine, they they look at you and they, they tell you, they're like, this is not approved by the FDA. It's been pushed through as an emergency. Do you understand that? And like, I'm like, yes, I do. And I took the vaccine. They shot it in my arm and my arm really, really hurts. And I usually do pretty well when it comes to vaccines. I, I don't remember the, la the, the last flu vaccine I think I got was in 20, 2016. <clears throat> I think because I, I don't know. I just, I never, that was the last year that I kind of worked in the hospital. And um, then I've been like in the office. So it's been it's been a while since I've really gotten a needle of any kind. So, the, you know, I, I maybe I have reacted to like this to vaccines before, but my arms are quite sore. It feels like I kind of <clears throat> feels like I kind of worked out my deltoids. Right. Or is that my triceps? Whatever it is. I did some Arnold presses and now I'm feeling it. But obviously that wasn't the case. I didn't feel any symptoms. I was I was briefly dizzy walking to the bus um, a couple hours after the vaccine, but that could have just been, you know, regular fat guy dizziness. <laughs> Whatever that is, right? Anyway, um, I'm feeling fine. I feel good. Um, <clears throat> there were a number of things that kind of went into me making the decision to get the vaccine. Uh, I believe I touched on them before, but uh, my cardiologist, who I respect as a physician and as a person, uh, had gotten the virus and was near death four times. Uh, from the virus <clears throat> and said that he would uh, carry anyone on his shoulders to get them into a, uh, a room to take, uh, get them into a, uh, a cl clinical setting to take this uh, vaccine. Uh, nurses and police officers and firefighters that I know personally are getting the vaccine. And the, really what, what reason do, do I have to really say no other than this speculation uh, and everyone is just taking it. It's just it's just getting it because of, uh, and you know the 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 impact that COVID nineteen can have on you, 
and you hear about like how you know my cardiologist had put it into a perspective he said I, I had a 35 year old patient who had a massive heart attack from covid you know it was covid related cuz he was otherwise healthy and then you get 65 year old or 70 year old patients that are diabetic missing limbs from their diabetes and all they have is literally a runny nose so you do not know how it's going to impact you and my my cardiologist my my doctor he's um he's in really good shape i mean he's a younger guy and um He's he's uh, well respected in the in the hospital. Um, he's he's a director, as a matter of fact, of a, of a, of the cardiology pro, uh, program, but the cardiology <clears throat> um, department out there. So it's not like he's just some dude. And my father kind of like put it into perspective because I, I I mentioned I said on this podcast that I never I haven't gotten COVID and I don't want to take COVID into my body now by by choice. And that was before I knew that 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 this rea- uh, was a different type of technology that kind of like attaches to your DNA and stuff like that. You know, you've, we've I've now we now know that this vaccine it does not have COVID in it. You know, so it doesn't give it to you. And uh, my dad goes, and guys take this with a grain of salt because this is we try to keep things lighthearted here. You know, so hopefully this makes you chuckle because it kind of made me chuckle. And he's like, well. If you die 10 years now uh, from now from the vaccine, it's better than dying in two weeks from the COVID. And as morbid and, and like just crazy as that sounds, the guy's fucking right. He's fucking right. Because I'm pretty, I've always been convinced that if I had gotten COVID that I don't think, I don't think it would do well for me. Like I think I would do pretty poorly with it. So... You know, that kind of put it into perspective, and I said I had the opportunity very quickly, too, because they came up to us um, on the Friday, and the, my director there was like, are you interested in the vaccine? And I said, yeah. And he goes, write your name down here. I wrote my name down. And then when he came back around after getting other names, I said, when, when are they going to do this? He's like, today. It's happening today. So that was like a, um, it was pretty shocking that it happened so quickly. And there it was. I got myself the vaccine. Um, what's today? What's today? Saturday. So I got it yesterday, and I am still here. I'm okay. Um, the 5G that they've injected into my bloodstream is still not as fast as I thought it would be. So hopefully um, that's going to kick up soon. Uh, we shall see. But other than that, I just have that to report. I'm excited about the Sumo. I'm excited about the fact that I have this. this uh, I got the Moderna one. Not the Pfizer. I, is that bad? I don't... That's another thing, too. Is like, wouldn't you want the the one that came out first, like the Pfizer one? You know, like that got approved for it. I don't know. It's the same... I think it's the same thing. They got like the same technology in it or something. And I don't know. Did they share it with each other? I don't know. I'm not here to speculate. All I am doing is my part to eradicate this terrible fucking thing that has hit everyone really hard. And um, there it is. I'm I'm doing it. Not afraid anymore. I'm going to go through with it. And uh, let's hope for the best, right? But I'm really happy to be down here. I'm I'm a little concerned about this beer. Not not in a bad way. Let me lean forward here a little bit. You know, I I didn't know it was a French Canadian beer, Bressures d'Amour, out of Blainville, Quebec. 
And I looked up the the place. I think I have to sneeze. Hold on. Is it is this a sneeze? It's there. Look at this dead air for a sneeze. Christ. Now I got the nose itch here. <clears throat> so I didn't know anything about this brewery. It's I looked them up online. I Googled them. I got them up there, but the whole fucking website obviously is in French. I don't think I could. Can I translate it? No, because I'm running off of fucking Linux here. Hold on. Take a screenshot. No, I have Linux, so I can't. I can't figure this out. It's there's some guy here with a mustache. Clearly, this picture is from like 1977. Uh, he's got a mustache and a, and a beer there. I don't know if this is a macro or micro brewery. Uh, they are located within, I'd say, let's see here. Hold on. About two miles from the Montreal Maribel International Airport. Take that for what you will. I don't know anything about this place other than it is French. And it is a double IPA, so we'll see what we get from that. So what do we got here? What are we doing? We got to do now, we're going to do the hops. We're going to do the hops, and then we're going to do the beer news, and then we're going to do the review. So hang tight. Let's get this uh, Let's get this show on the road, huh? Before we move forward with the show, I need to address something that had happened recently, something that really, really just was one of the most unbelievable insane things that I think I've ever seen in my life. You know, it takes a lot to kind of make me speechless and to try to, and, and, and to get me upset. And what I saw recently was not only disgusting and abhorrent and absolutely downright disrespectful and, and just so wrong. I've never seen anything like it in my life. I was, so offended, so hurt, and so utterly disgusted that this is going to stay with me for a long time. What I saw was so horrific and so brazenly disrespectful that it's something that I just, it, it, it hurt me deeply and I, I still carry it to this day. Public enemy number one, the most hated man in America right now, is Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson benched Jalen Hurts after he had rushed for two touchdowns. They were within three points to win the game against the Washington football team, but he benched him for... The water boy or the janitor, pick your pick which one. His excuse was he was trying to give him his shot. And in doing so, he put his team in a position to lose. And with that loss, knocked the New York Giants out of the playoffs. This son of a bitch thought that he was doing the right thing by giving this guy his shot. He lost the respect of the players that play for him. He lost the respect of the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. And he broke the hearts of thousands of New York Giants fans with his actions. Oh, and also a couple of jerk-offs broke into the Capitol. 
Oh man, you know, let me tell you, I, what an end, <laughs> what an end to 2020. You go into 2021, and then this is what happens. I mean, I'm not gonna take too much time to speak on it because it is what it is. I really hope we could just get past this and move on. It's over now. It's all done. He's gone. The Wicked Witch is dead. And we could just move along and continue on. We could have our beer and just just, just keep it going, man. It is what it is, right? Pretty crazy shit, though. Pretty crazy shit. But honestly speaking, I mean, that was pretty fucked up with, with, uh, with what Doug Peterson did, to be honest. If you if you never if you get if you grow bored of me chit chatting about random stuff like sumo wrestling, vaccines, and insurrection, you could always just skip ahead until you hear some music. If you hear the music, you've gone beyond my chit chat. And it's usually about fifteen minutes long or so. We're a little longer this time around, but we are now on to the hop of the week. Can you believe that when I started doing the Hop of the Week, we had 100, we were at episode 136 now, we're at 185, and we're still going strong? It's fucking crazy, isn't it? Now, with all that crazy talk that's just been happening about what was going on in the Capitol and all that, we're going to do a, we're going to do a hop called Alliance, because here at Three Beers In, we're all about unity and love and alliance. We are all one alliance of beer. Alliance is a daughter of Whitbread Golding and then was developed at Y College alongside Progress in the early 1960s. It is not known to be grown commercially anywhere at this time. It enjoyed a high yield in England, but uh, it was much more inconsistent in U.S. plots. It's pretty funny how I pick a hop to try to bring us together, and it just doesn't even exist. Kind of not an omen right there. Originally bred to replace Fuggle. That's a pretty big deal. But after it resulted in only marginal improvement, the variety uh, was deemed a failure. Well, fuck me, right? Uh, the alpha acid composition was anywhere was anywhere from 4.6 to 4.5%. But this motherfucker doesn't exist anymore. And insert foot in mouth. Meow. I don't know. Maybe we could bring back the Alliance Hop. Three beers in, in conjunction with Yakima. Or maybe nobody, because who's going to... Who's going to fund that, huh? Who's... Oh, Christ. What am I doing? Get the bear news. All right. Getting right into it here with some beer news, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's see what we have. Pure, pure, pure curated, pure, curated, curated. Before we do the beer review we have to get to the beer news i'm so excited to bring you the latest that we have out here excuse me in the beer community what do we have here um this is interesting because this is a fan favorite russian river brewing company has released everything that you need to really know about their release of Pliny the younger uh this 2021 happy new year this year russian river will be brewing just four batches of Pliny the younger which represents a third of what the brewery produced last year, which was more sizable than the previous year thanks to the addition of a new Windsor location. The brewery will be bottling the beer rather than selling it on draft and will be making these bottles available exclusively through sale of a mixed case on its website. 
Four of the bottles in each case will be younger, uh, plenty the younger, while the other eight will be another surprise beer or beers. Cases are not customizable. The exact timing for the pre-sale of the case is currently to be determined, but it's expected to cost around $100 plus $26 for shipping, and sales will be limited to one case per household. And here's the caveat. That address that you give has to be located in California. $126 for 12 bottles of beer. Uh, that's pretty fucking that's pretty fucking hefty. Beer nerds are gonna pay for it. I know I'd probably jump on board, but um <clears throat> you know, it is what it is. I just hope that everyone out there who desires to have this beer is able to get their hands on some, especially with everything that's going on. And I'm really happy that the uh, Russian River is able to uh is able to get this going for you guys. Next up, we have here from NJ.com, which is NewJersey.com, I'm assuming. Here come the ads. I do not need a bucket, and I do not need a flash drive. Thank you so much. This is uh, coming out of NJ.com from the Atlantic section. It says here, popular New Jersey beer festival will be held outside this summer rather than indoors in the spring. Scrolling down here, it's taking forever to get this thing down here. Tim Hawk from the New Jersey Advanced Media for NJ.com says, There's something about drinking beer outside during the summer that makes it just a little bit better. Oh, it makes it taste a little bit better. Cheers, New Jersey. Lots of optimism. Let me try to put this laptop on my fucking lap. Hang on a second. This is nice. This is much better. Sorry about this. One-man show here, guys. Got a weird setup. Cheers, New Jersey. The popular Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival, which was canceled last year due to COVID-19, is now scheduled to be an indoor... Oh, excuse me, an outdoor festival in June. Festival produ- oh, excuse me. Festival producer John Henderson of Good Time Tricycle Productions said that the festival, which normally happens in April and sees upwards of 8,000 people per session will be spread out over a 142-acre acres of Bader Fields. If you know where that is, you're good to go. Got a quote here. So how do we take a 15-year festival that sees tens of thousands of people and translate it to this outdoor space, said Henderson, who's had success there in the past with the Atlantic City Seafood Festival? This year's festival will again have three four-hour sessions beginning Friday night, June 4th at 8 p.m., and two sessions on Saturday, beginning at noon and then again at 6 p.m. Tickets go on sale January 15th uh, for $60 plus fees and will increase to $65 plus fees on May 1st and can be purchased through Ticketmaster. All tickets purchased for the 2020 festival will be honored for the 2021 dates. That's fantastic. And the used has performed there before. Uh, With all the ground available, Henderson said that they can spread the festival out to help with social distancing but anticipates only using 50 to 60 acres of the space to create a new, exciting outdoor experience. It allows for us to build a brand new festival, says he. Unlike the past beer festivals inside the Atlantic City Convention Center, where half a million square feet was available, vendors this year will be able to spread 10 to 15 feet apart and disposable cups will be used. Masks will probably still be a thing, he added, I am completely confident in my team, in the brewery teams, and in the teams 
that we work with should we able uh, that we work with should be able to produce this festival comfortably for everybody. Most vendors that were on tap to participate in last year's fe- uh, festival, approximately 150 breweries and another 100 exhibitors, will be coming back, he said. But the challenge right now is finding the right musical acts, which will be announced on March 22nd. Last year's headliners were unavailable for this year's dates. Um, for 15, excuse me. Sorry about that getting real nasally here what's going on here for 15 years the festival has celebrated craft beer and local food and music but this year they are focused on helping those who have suffered from the past year and will make sure that people they work with contractors staffers gig workers are solely from new jersey this is brewery strong and jersey strong like coming together it seems if we could throw some cash in people's pockets via working via providing services using local restaurants you know it's a win for the market. I'm so down with that. You know how I am when it comes to this type of stuff on the show here. With the closure of so many restaurants, Henderson said he is looking at organizations that support local New Jersey chefs, whether it be a food truck or something else to enhance the culinary experience. Wow, this is really cool. I think they're showing clips. Yeah. Yeah, look at this here. Oh, wait a minute. This isn't even from the Seafood Festival here. It's is a picture of Harry's Oyster Bar and Seafood Executive Chef Sean McIver organizing the oysters here at the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival in March of 2019. And it is, it looks amazing. It is just a spread of oysters. I'm a big seafood guy. Like I could eat, I could, I could eat so much seafood. It's crazy. Like if you put mussels in front of me, oysters, lobster tail, I mean, clams, anything, anything shellfish, I'm in it. Shrimp. I could, I could honestly, I honestly think I could put down 180 shrimp right now. Just, just, just give it to me right here. Uh, even though he's excited to rebuild the festival and add some new twists, it will be back to, uh, to the convention center next year for the usual March and April dates. I think we're going to usher in summer with a bang. Henderson, oh shit, no, I got fuck. Henderson, who has 20 years of festival production under his belt said that they are very confident that we can produce a safe, secure, fun festival that people have grown to know from, um, from what we've produced in the past. Fucking shit, man. All right, sorry, I was trying to plug something in. It was taking forever. That is such a feel-good story, and that are the, that, those are the type of stories that I love to talk about here on Three Beers In. I love the fact that they're going to be able to keep this show on the... Uh, keep this thing going, you know, especially everything that's going on with COVID. It seems really neat. Maybe I can go to it. Maybe I can get my... My hands on some tickets and uh, and check this thing out. I'll be uh, repping my three beers in shirt so everybody knows where I'm coming from. That'd be pretty neat, right? Next article I have here is from vinepair.com, and I don't love these articles um, because they're kind of like, I mean, unless you're, I, I mean, unless these beers have like a national distri- uh, distribution, you're never going to taste them. You're never going to taste them, and. It says the 25 most important IPAs right now ranked. I mean, really? I'm I haven't read this yet. I'm going to be I'm going to be surprised if I if I've had 4 of them, okay? We're going to keep count. I'm going to be surprised if I've had 4 of these ones here. But I'm going to read a little bit of what the author wrote here. Who wrote this here? You know, I always give credit. The words are by Kat Walensky. That's a pretty cool name, Kat Lewinsky. Pretty cool cat. With a C. That's why um, I'm a little bit more 
uh, receptive to it. If it was with a K, I would think that's short for Catherine. But if it's this, wait, you could spell Catherine with a C. But cat, cool cat, whatever, here we go. More than 150 officially recognized beer styles, the global uh, domination of big beers, macro lagers, and the tidal wave of hard seltzers, the IPA's domination over America's craft drinker's palate is truly iconic. I suppose, I mean, okay, yeah, I get it. Once an obscure and quirky push from all small brewers onto curious beer drinkers bored with American light lager, IPA and its many sub-styles, such as the now ambiguous New England-style IPA, also known as Niepa or Hazy IPA, is craft beer's success story. Oh, yeah. All right. I guess. I mean, I mean, people like them. I don't think that that's what makes craft beer successful. They're just in right now. Either way, I always... Uh, why do I always feel like I have to be contrarian to whatever people write and, and read about? I feel like it's just a sign of the times. We're here to form the Alliance. The Alliance, which is a hop that doesn't even exist anymore. The level of success for each of these beers is constantly in flux. What we've considered the best one year will undoubtedly change in the next. Similarly... So, too, will the cultural significance and economic impact of each IPA on this list. That seems so like so much of a mouthful. Sometimes I feel like people overcomplicate things. In some cases, even the beer's recipe, packaging, hop charging technique, or grist will make a subtle shift that changes its trajectory for the better or worse. This is actually a pretty good writer right here. I'm not going to lie. Let's get the contrarianness out of there. She's pretty poetic if it's a, if it's a, I don't want to gender people wrong. The following beers have all impacted the beer industry, community, and us in some significant way in the past years, potentially those preceding it, and potentially those preceding it. More importantly, these are the IPAs we expect to affect craft beer's future. Okay. Let's see what we got here. First one we have, boom, Pipeworks, nin, Pipeworks, Pipeworks Ninja vs. Unicorn. Pretty sure I've done this on the show. I'm not going to look it up. Um, I, I think I've done a Pipeworks on here before. So, yeah, okay, so far we're number one. In 2015, Ninja vs. Unicorn became the first Pipeworks beer packaged in cans, straight to 16-ounce Toll Boys with the electrifying artwork. Yes, the artwork is pretty cool. With a launch party to go with it, it remains the brewery's most popular beer. This year, we found ourselves falling in love with it all over again for crisp winter days and lazy summer afternoons alike. This boozy but balanced double IPA is a stellar example of how the style now as much as then. Uh, by the way, Ninja always wins. I will read the, the blurb of a beer that we've had before. So, so far, I said four. I said it was going to be four out of the 25. We've got one. So maybe maybe I'm going to lose this one. Next we have here, Deschutes, this is number 24 on the list, Deschutes Fresh Squeezed from Bend, Oregon, 6.4%, never had it. Uh, uh, whatchamacallit, the Ninja vs. Unicorn was a six point, uh, an 8 percenter. 23 on the list, Cerebral Brewing or Cerebral, Cerebral or Cerebral Brewing Company out of Denver, 6.4, DDH Rare Trait, never had it before. Sorry. About that. Athletic Brewing Company Freeway DIPA from Stratford, Connecticut. It is a alcoholist. It's a non-alcoholist. Excuse me. It is a double IPA that is non-alcoholic. 
and it's one of the it says here in the article here one of the most important IPAs right now I I I don't think that's true because that just sounds ridiculous. Um, Hudson Valley Incandenza Sour IPA. Again, I don't think I've even heard of it. Triple Crossing Falcon Smash from Richmond, Virginia. Nope. Cigar City Highlight IPA out of Tampa. Yes, I've had that. I've had Cigar City Highlight. They are, however, no longer a craft brewery. I believe they were purchased by... Um, were they purchased? I think I did a whole discussion on Cigar City and everything that was going on with them down there. I, I, I can be wrong, but I was pretty sure that San McCann, or whatever it is, San Miguel, the 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 place that took Sculpin, took them. I could be wrong. Dogfish Head 60-Minute IPA. I've had that. Okay, hold on. On the show, though. Have I done it on the show? I think I did Pipeworks. I have done Pipeworks. Have I done 60-Minute on here? I don't recall. But that would be number two. God, I would, I'm fucking putting scrutiny on this article that I'm only going to talk about what's on the list here. If I had done it, but I don't remember. Firestone Walker Double Jack. I think I've had that before. Russian River Pliny the Elder. Haven't had it on the show, but up oh, uh, Two Hearted Ale. Deli- that's a pretty good beer. Now, now we're just now I'm just blowing the thing up. If it's a beer that I fucking that I've had before, I'll tell you yes or no. And so far, we've got more than four. So so far, so good. Alchemist Heady Topper. I've had it. Lagunitas IPA. Not a. Not a uh, that's not a microbrewery anymore. They were bought. Lawson Sip of Sunshine had it when it was a craft brewery still, but I'm pretty sure that they, they have been purchased. Then we have Hill Farmstead Susan. Never had that, and they are out of uh, Greensboro, Vermont, or is that is that Vermont? Maine Beer Company Lunch. Now Maine Beer Company is, I think they are a pretty influential brewery. I see them pop up uh, in a lot of pages on a lot of people's untaps, and they are a fantastic brewery. Um, they have that they have that very simple white and black label, the white background with the black lettering, and their beers, everything I've had from them has been fantastic. Jersey Pete Sullivan had given me a porter from them that I thought was outstanding, so I'm good with them. Toppling Goliath King Sue, obviously on the list here, good beer. Great Notion, super right from Portland, Oregon. Haven't had that. Voodoo Ranger, Imperial IPA. This is number five on the list, and it's not a craft brewery anymore. They New Belgium finally sold, and InBev took them. Um, and what I don't like about this is that they they talk about in the in the article here the growth rate of New Belgium's Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA, particularly for a double IPA, is one as as one vine pair of staffer says bonkers. Well, it's bonkers because they sold out. There you go. Uh, Trillium uh, Brewing Company, Congress Street from Canton, Massachusetts. Heard of Trillium, never had them before. Other half, uh, HDHC Dense. They're out of Brooklyn. I really should have some more beers from them, being that they're so close. Other half is really fantastic. Treehouse Julius, we had that, um, was it last week or the week before? Coming out of Massachusetts. Thanks to Tom Savi. Delicious beer. Absolutely great. Should be number one. But on number... Oh, Jesus. Number one on the list is Sierra uh, Sierra Nevada's Hazy Little Thing. This is absolutely atrocious that this is number one on the list. 
over Julius from Treehouse. All credibility has officially gone out the window, maybe for the entire Vine pair. I got to read this because the fact that that this is over Treehouse, let's let's just, I got to read it here. Hazy little thing may never have the thick smoothie-like texture of small-scale hazies like Julius. It doesn't need to. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It's good. It's tasty, but it's nothing close to these. Hazy little thing turned out to be not so little after all. After topping our 50 best beers after 2018, it, it went on to become an affordable, ubiquitous, they love this word, ubiquitous, and well-respected hazy IPA that can be found anywhere from a beer geek's fridge stash to the beer aisle in Walmart. While hype-addicted haze bros are arguing over treehouses and trilliums of the beer world, brewers all over are pulling out their hair trying to figure out how Sierra Nevada does it. Well, Sierra Nevada has a laboratory. Also, Sierra Nevada has a lot more money than the brewers all over the world that are pulling their hair out about this beer. No one's pulling their hair out about Hazy Little Thing. No one is pulling it. And if you are pulling your hair out over Hazy Little Thing, shoot me an email. Shoot me, and I do say that I'm going to read them on, on air again, you know, once people start ask, uh, start asking some different questions. And Tom, I remember I, I had your email. I forgot to read it. It's a little, I'm a little bit distracted right now by this absolutely atrocious take that number one is hazy little thing. Like you don't even have the, you don't even have the Sam Adams one on here. What is it? The Rebellion IPA. Oh, no, no, no. They're, 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 they have a Niapa. It was, it was just the same fucking thing as Sierra Nevada's hazy little thing, practically. I am, I cannot believe this. That they fucking, they put this one at the front of the line. I mean, I get it, but how do you, how do you, okay, let me take a deep breath here. This is really dumb. This is really dumb. Number one has to be Treehouse. Or I guess Trillium. Now, that's the next one I have to go after him is uh, Trilliums. But, oh, Jesus Christ. This is like, th- like, this take right here is what makes me think that it's like fucking clickbait. You know? Because, like, come on, man. This is, like, unbelievable. Treehouse. Treehouse is the one. Gotta, go, gotta try the other one, but I know f- for a fucking fact right now, the best... The best Niapas I've ever had have been from Treehouse. Maybe even the best beers I've ever had. I mean, I had I, I was able to sample one of their stouts, thanks to Tommy Donaghy. Fantastic. Fantastic. Very thick. Very thick. But you could tell that the that the that the money and the resources that they accrue goes straight to their beer. Straight to their beer. And they take a lot of pride in it. Okay? God, hazy little thing, man. And I'm a fan of Sierra Nevada, but you put this number one? Come on, man. That's just too much. That's over the top. You can't do that. Fine pair. Fine pair of shame on you. All right here. The final article I have for this portion of the show. Uh, This is from Fox4KC.com. So I think this is from Kansas City. Hang on. Let me put the... Let me get this here again. Oh, shit. Yeah, this is Kansas City. Um, check your Boulevard beer bottle company on the lookout for bottles with special name across the neck. 
Out of Kansas City, Missouri, Boulevard Brewing Company wants its beer back, but not all of it, just the holiday bottles with Brady Smith's name on it. We just miss him. Mandy Waters of Boulevard Brewing Company says he was kind, funny, really into his dog, and really into martial arts. Oh, God damn. The 30-year-old died earlier this month after a nine-month battle with cancer. Oh, I didn't think that. I thought this was going to be a fucking, like, competition or something. <laughs> like, if you find the golden ticket sort of, like, type of thing. Damn. Shit, I didn't think it was going to be a sad article. And there's a picture of him holding, like, a little fucking, like, a Jack Russell dog type. Ugh. Now the company is hoping to give his family one last memory by collecting bottles with Smith's name on it. It's very important, uh, Waters said. It's a keepsake, and his family values that, and they want those bottles to put on their shelves at home, too. The holiday bottles are sold throughout the country each year with the neck labels of the employees' names. Uh, And they're all really special to us, said Waters. We keep them on our desk. I've got five years' worth lined up. After the brewery posted on Facebook to get the word out, so many people searched for a bottle with Smith's name and responded, including Megan Lehman. I don't know who that is, but she is quoted here. So I immediately went to the fridge and looked, and of course, the first one I pulled out had his name on it, exclaimed Lehman. Lehman said she didn't realize the bottles had the names on them, but wanted to help a grieving family during this tough time. I felt bad because it was a shame that this had happened, said Lehman. I really wanted to help the family out and give the bottle back to them. And I was afraid that nobody would find their bottles and, and not be able to give them back. Water said they are accepting clothes and open bottles, and there is no cutoff date for people to return them. So this is from a national brewery uh, that has this is from a brewery that has national distribution. And if you are in the Kansas City area and you have any beer, holiday beer, uh, excuse me, this holiday beer from the Boulevard Brewing Company, please check to see if you have Brady Smith's name on it. And please give it back to that brewery. Have the beer first. doesn't have to be uh, closed. Said open or closed. So you could have yourself a beer and have it in his name and in his memory. That's so sad. Anytime I see somebody younger than me that passes away, man, it really gives me just a head rush of appreciation of the things that I have, which includes everyone here. I love you all so very, very much. All right, everybody. I know it's the middle of the show, but... I always forget to plug this show on my own show. Isn't that crazy? So check this out. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could stop what you're doing, go down to the review and give me five stars, it would be really, really great. If you even want to drop me a line there, that'd be cool too. Don't forget, you can visit www.3beersin.com. That's with two N's at the end. Right there, you can find the contact tab. You click that, you drop me a line. Question, comment, concern, anything. I'll try to get it on the show. Not to mention, also, on that main website, that's where you can hit the merch tab and buy yourself some awesome three beers in gear. You like hoodies? We got hoodies. You like just regular t-shirts? We got that too. We even have cases for your phone, man. Are you afraid of websites? Don't worry. You could always just Google three beers in. Don't forget the two ends at the end. And you could find my Facebook. You could find my Twitter. You can see that I'm on Untapped. And you could also find other platforms in which to listen. Did you know that we're on Spotify? After the many years of doing this show, what really makes it all worthwhile is the fact that I get to come on down here 
drink some beer, and hang out with my pals. That's basically what it is. Everyone that listens to this show is a friend, is a family member. You guys are the reason I do it. Thank you so, so much. Share it to somebody else. Maybe they can get the feeling of the community while we do it. Who knows? We shall see. But thank you all again so very much. Thanks for listening to this commercial. And let's get on with the show, shall we? The beer review time, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I have that commercial, and it has that music, uh, that music in it, and those guys start singing something in German. I should maybe find out what they're saying. Because if they're saying some bad shit, that's going to be really, really terrible. Either way, we are plowing ahead here with this show. So glad that you're all here to join me. And this is one of my favorite parts of the show, where we get to sit down and have a beer together, ladies and gentlemen. And this week, we are having, out of, Mo- uh, no, not Montreal, out of Quebec in Canada. From Brassiers du Nord, we have a double IPA, a New England-style IPA, out of Canada. All right, so here we have on the side of the can, nothing. Nothing at all. But I did go to beeradvocate.com, and they do have on the notes here, English, which is what I speak. Check that out. It says here, it's a little, I don't know if they're like, maybe this is a rough translation, it says, but the notes here says, with this episode, our brewmasters tolls away to develop a beer that's as strong as it is refreshing and as hoppy as it is fruity. The result, a juicy New England double IPA with intense exotic fruit flavors. The double descent features no less than four different tropical hops. The result, nearly 100 IBU, a refreshing sweetness, and a waterfall, oh, excuse me, a waterfall of fruity flavors. Clementine, mango, papaya, and lychee rub soldiers in your glass. And lychee rub shoulders in your glass. Seriously, that's what it says. Now, I know I'm not a great reader on this show, but that is verbatim what I'm seeing here. Crack this bad boy open. We pour it into our glass here, and what do we see? All right. Oh, we got like an orangey, golden, uh, hazy-looking beer here. Got two fingers of a fluffy head here, but that's not purely white. Um, it's mostly opaque, but I can see some light at the bottom there. You know, if you go to toward the bottom of the glass here, it is hazy. It has the presentation of a hazy. So that is very promising. I do like what I see. Let us get a nose on it, shall we? A very classic IPA smell here. Um, very clean hop aroma with this emphasis on the malt. I think this is more... Um, this, this smells more of like a traditional West Coast IPA. Um, hang on. The smell that I'm getting here is quite similar to last week's Dogs and Boats, uh, which I initially had said that I thought I had COVID because I couldn't smell anything. Uh, but there is a much more uh, hop presence in here. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, it's got like a sweet, candied, citrusy orange smell to it. Uh, and that that candied sweetness is is the malt that's pushing through here. 
um, almost like a almost like a German hop aroma in there as well, which is kind of surprising. But it also has a fart smell to it. I hate to say that, but I mean, that is the only other way to describe that there's like an underlying fart in here. And I know that sounds silly, but I mean, there, there are people out there that definitely know what I'm talking about. Just a little bit of a fart, just a little boop, little poot right there. Nothing too crazy. Let's, let's taste this bad boy. This is such an interesting beer. Right in the beginning, there is this astringent, spicy bite to it. Definitely not as fruity as I expected by the look, but by the aroma. Oh, there's no fart here in the flavor. That's really good. Um, I'm really glad that that didn't translate over. But this is a very familiar tasting beer. This is not this is not a niepa by any chance by any sense um, because it just doesn't have that fruit bomb characteristic. Like the there is a fruit flavor that's trying to push its way through here but it's just not doing it there is it it's a citrusy beer and it's backed by a very moderate uh, moderate bitter finish here but it's got a really weird opening it's not bad but your palate is like slapped with the beer let me go for it again I would love for everybody to try this beer because it's got it's not a it's got an opening that I really haven't had lately. Uh, and now you got to understand too, these last couple of beers that I've been having that I've been double IPAs that I've had from the Joe Canals trip. I've been having them after I've had a tree house or two. And I mean, I don't know if that's factoring into it here. To be honest, I want to give everyone a fair shake, but I'm not comparing them to tree house here. It's almost got like a smoky earthy quality to it. Obviously it's not a smoked beer, but the eight percent alcohol that that is here—it's not hidden, but it's masked. Uh, that sounds complicated. It's kind of like hidden in plain sight, like you know it's there. There is a burn here. That might actually be the slap that I'm getting in the beginning, like that that hit that I'm getting in the beginning with this beer. Because when you take a first sip of this, it, it attacks your palate pretty harshly, uh, not in a bad way, but it's it's a pretty intense um, hit. It looks like your standard New England style, but it, it doesn't have that um, that juice bomb velvety smoothness here. You know, a lot of the great juice bombs that we hear that we come across, the alcohol burn is completely masked by a velvety smooth uh, finish or uh, mouthfeel, so to speak. Uh, the bitterness here that's coming through, I think, is just a bit too much for this to be a outright juice bomb however i will say that i think that this beer is a product of that hop situation that we had touched upon earlier this season when we spoke about how the darlings of the hop world are the hops that you get out of yakima valley which are the citra hops which are the mosaic hops the proprietary hops that come out of the west coast of the united states specifically in the north uh, the northwest so I do think that this beer here uh, has fallen victim to maybe not the availability of hops that they they would get if they were in the United States. Now, they do say here that they had no less than four uh, different tropical hops. It doesn't mean that they had enough of them in their in their grain uh, in their grain bill 
in their recipe to create an outright New England style IPA. You know what I mean? So I do think, I don't doubt that there are no less than four different tropical hops in here. That could, in fact, be Citra. That could, in fact, be Mosaic. You know, that could, in fact, be, uh, uh, oh man, I can't think right now. You know, those hops are probably in here, but I do think that they also have traditional bittering and aroma hops in here as well. And they are holding back those tropical hops that we are used to that give us the juice bomb that we're that we want in a true knee a so with that being said i don't think it's a terrible beer i do think that it's i don't think it's also i don't think it's just disingenuous i do think they're making a pretty good beer with what they've been given and i'm giving it a 6.5 i think that's a fair score excuse me it's a pretty darn good beer i got some nice burps going on here with it it's enjoyable. Uh, it's not necessarily crushable. This is going to be a little bit harsher on the way down. That 8% is coming in, uh, but it's not too, too bad. So not a terrible beer and not an absolutely outstanding beer, but a pretty darn good uh, beer for... Darn good. Pretty darn good beer for what they're able to make. <clears throat> like I said, I don't doubt that those four hops are in there. I just don't think that they have enough of it in there you know i do think that they're there but they're maybe using you know two like uh 0.2 ounces of it you know and then you have half an ounce of uh willamette or something or sentinel something like that something a little bit less expensive so that's what i think is happening here that's probably the most oratund or military type precision reviews i've ever given a beer before but i hope that treehouse hasn't broken me because that's two double IPAs after I have a treehouse before I start. And they just, they're not up to snuff. So, I, I mean, once I'm done with these treehouses, maybe I'll go back down. I'll be brought back down to earth by the double IPAs and the and the Niepas that are presented to me. That we could buy. Us, uh, us commoners can buy at our outlets and our warehouses. But either way, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 185 of Three Beers In. I really look forward to catching you guys next week. So, so glad uh, that you all joined me. I'm, I'm, if I forgot to put the Sumo link in there, you'll hear about it next week. But it's Sumo every day. Cannot wait for that. Cannot wait for another Joe Canals trip. I have to go. I have to make it there to try the... Oh, I got this beer. I didn't get it from Joe Canals. I got it from Beverage Island. Sorry about that. Correction. Either way, everybody, thanks so much for listening. I'm going to catch you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Don't be afraid of the vaccine. I got it. Thank you.